the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Nine times out of ten I'll take my own cab home I thank him for the drinks and spare the night alone But when I feel as high as my soul Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 54, and our guest is Jade Jackson. All right, let me set the scene for you. Good friend of the marinade, Patty Patron, and her husband were at the Shovels and Rope show. We actually got to meet for the first time there in person. And they mentioned how excited they were to see Jay Jackson open for Lucero in a few weeks. I knew the name, but I wasn't really familiar with Jade's music, so I listened and was immediately sold. She's an incredible songwriter, and I was so excited that she said yes to the show. My photographer friend, Alicia Pollock's there. She's covering the show, so she agrees to come early and get photos of us with Jade and Ben Nichols. Lucero was sound checking, so a member of their team offered up the band's tour bus as a place to record. And that's where we sit with Jade, a singer and songwriter from California whose 2019 release, Wilderness, is a powerful collection of songs. Head on over to jadejackson.com for all things Jade, including a physical copy of Wilderness. Everyone, it is my great honor to present my conversation with Jade Jackson. Your record is wonderful. Well, both your records are wonderful. Thank you. But uh, Wilderness is the one I've been wearing out recently. Sweet. And it's, I, I absolutely love it. Um, and I want to talk process. But I, I want to start with this whole idea of like, it, the story of how you ended up with Mike Ness and, and going from a fan to working with him 
um, is really interesting and, and folks can dig that up if they want to. But what I'm interested in in that whole aspect is the idea of like the, the, the parallels between punk rock and country music and how that seems to work sometimes and how those old punk guys seem to just get how to, how to make a country song sound like something special. Do you have any sense of what that is or why that works or have you learned anything from working with him? You know, I just, I grew up on both old punk and old country. So those were the two main influences of mine mm -hmm. since I was a kid. And after working with Mike and getting to know Mike, even before we started working together, we both had so many similarities in the artists that we loved. We both mm -hmm. love Buck Owens, Johnny Cash, uh, George Jones. And, and I think what th those, when I'm talking like older country, that's what I, I think about, you know, like sure. Ray Price or, you know, those guys. I think that their songwriting is similar to older punk in that it's it's dark oh, it's uh -huh. not like bubbly it's not like bubble gum it's it's it has something to it that makes your heart hurt mm -hmm. and so that was the connection i always saw between the two genres and it's also the thing that i loved the most about both the genres and and gravitated towards when I started writing myself. Where does that appeal to the darkness come from? The appeal to the darkness, like where? Do, why do I like it? Yeah. Well, it's just what's familiar to me because uh, it's what my dad loved to listen to. Uh -huh. So hanging out with my dad was like sitting on the couch in the dark in the living room, like listening to Towns Van Zandt or, uh. you know, Emmylou Harris or something like that and we just listened we didn't have a TV growing up right. so I listened to a lot of music mm -hmm. and my dad's record collection was primarily old punk and old country so that's just what I grew up with and I never turned my back on it mm -hmm. I always just I loved it I couldn't abandon it ever I always like carried it with me you know what, what an education like the yeah. f what, what an incredible way to grow up learning to listen to those records i know yeah it's pretty awesome but I, we, but if i understand correctly you were also you were a social distortion fan right? yeah so how did how did that side get developed like i'm not picturing necessarily from what you've just described that your dad was throwing on punk records he was well oh, he was. so there was okay. like the old country guys there's also social distortion okay um a lot of like cow punk like cowboy junkies or like the gun club and like those types of artists but social distortion was definitely one of the artists that my dad would play mm -hmm. um and mike's mike ness's solo albums too which are more country i think right. they're more like more of that sound um and I was, a, of course, yeah, I was a fan. And when I was about 13 and couldn't really fit in anywhere, I I got into punk a little more, you right. know, just on my own. Started listening to more like punk rock. And the first concert I ever went to was a Social Distortion concert. Ever? Well, okay, so my dad would take me to like theater concerts when I was a kid. Like I saw Ray Price a handful of times, George Jones. <sighs> but the first concert I went to by myself and bought a ticket to and like... I did it like on my own, you know, was social distortion. Wow. Yeah. That's super fun. That was cool. I was, yeah, I was, I think I wasn't even 13 yet. I think I was 
barely 13 and it was like that same month i think that i had started writing after yeah. that show it was very inspiring you started writing songs after seeing that show. yeah because actually and people can dig dig all this up i won't yeah. go too into it but i i went to the concert by myself and I watched Mike walk out on stage and there was like two mosh pits going. It was like this wild energy everywhere. And I was super shy and quiet. So I just was always observing and I was just watching it all go down. He walks out on stage and everyone gets quiet. Mm. And I was like, how the hell did he just do that? (laughs) And I was just like captivated. But I was just like, how did he do that? I always thought I wanted to be an author before this happened Uh, i wanted to write i loved writing uh and then when i saw that show i was like no i want to do that like maybe and so then i I put melody to my writing and Mm -hmm. i was just hooked ever since that's amazing um so is that does that translate to your process now are you a lyrics first person or usually Usually. yeah i i get a lot of random melodies that like Mm -hmm. will fall into my head um and if i'm lucky they're coupled with lyrics but sometimes i have to put lyric to them okay yeah uh, how much and I, and I read somewhere about this this idea of you just being constant constant in your writing mm-hmm. um, is is that still the case are you are you sitting down and doing the work every day is it a whenever you get a chance you're writing kind of kind of thing like what does that process look like it's been pretty drastically changed since I started touring heavily mm. Mm. because touring at least the way that I'm doing it right now, which is in a van with, you know, a bunch of guys and, and we have a smaller budget. So a lot of times, you know, we'll be at a hotel or something like that. It's hard for me to have private time to Mm -hmm. write. And at home and growing up, I, we had a small house and, and, and whatever, but I, I had my own little room ever since I was 12. And so by the time I was writing, I had my own room and I was able to just go in my room, close the door and play. And my parents were always supportive and taking me seriously. And they, they always knew like, don't bother her. She's writing a song, you know, and they made me feel like that was my safe space to do that. I don't have that space anymore. Mm. So I found like, I found it I don't know. It's just it's kind of it's kind of difficult for me, honestly. I'm I'm like writing in my phone, but that just feels weird. I'm more of like a pen and paper person. Mm-hmm. Um, touring is hard. It's hard. It, it gives you a lot of. You get to see the world, so you get like ideas for songs all the time. Mm. But it's really hard to sit down and finish one, or at least that's what I've found. And it's really sad. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, it is sad. Yeah. But I wonder if maybe we can explore that. This is a perfect opportunity to kind of explore that and and ask the question of. So you're in the van, so it's it, it isn't like, uh, you know, maybe here it looks like we're on Lucero's bus. It looks like they've got a little space where they probably could get yes. away if they needed to, um, and sneak away to do a little bit of writing. It looks even like maybe they have been doing a little bit of that um, uh, here in this space. If you're in the van and there isn't necessarily that space, I wonder what your options are. Like, can you? S- can you between sound check and you know and and playing if you're not doing a podcast or something can you go sneak off to a coffee shop would that be a space where you could feel comfortable uh, that would be 
that would be a space I would feel comfortable, but it's interesting how little time we have when yeah. we're on the road and how tired we are and how it's just like you got your sound check. And then for me, like I, I wear makeup and stuff, so I got to like put my face mm-hmm. on, get my outfit, get like steam my clothes that are all like rolled up in a suitcase and right. get ready to perform, which, you know, will take, you know, take most of that time. And so it's just hard to find those pockets of time. Um I think a lot of people think like, oh, you're traveling and you're seeing the whole world. And, like, you should go to this restaurant and go like check out this beach. And it's like, yo, I go from a van to a hotel to a van to a venue. And that's how it is right now for the most part. And I'm right. fine with it. Sure. Um, I definitely foresee myself being able to write more in the future um, when, as our music grows and as we get the um, ability to have you know, more private space between the bandmates and everything like that. So do you carry like a, I always have a, I always have a little journal on me, mm-hmm. right? Just in case you carry a little notebook. I do. Your- I do. I, for the most part, since I've been touring, I, I just fill up like my voice memos because mm-hmm. I'll get ideas. And like, if we go to a gas station, I can like go around the corner or like sneak into the bathroom and like record myself singing it. So I won't forget it. That's usually what I do. But now I found I have over 700 of them. And mm-hmm. for, Mm. more than half of them they aren't named so now it's just overwhelming and gives me anxiety and i'm like if i want to write a song i'm not even pulling from that i'm just Uh. trying to come up with one you know right then and there so i don't know it's it's just it's been interesting and and i think i could be going through a drier spell than than i'm used to because i am used to writing every single day that was that was just that was who I was, you know, it's right. very much my identity and everything like that. So it's been interesting sh- shifting. <laughs> that is interesting. You mentioned anxiety. Uh, is that, is that something that you deal with more generally in your life? Yeah, that's something that's definitely been a part of my life these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really could be that I'm not writing as much now that I think about it, because that was my way to, like, get it out. And Mm -hmm. most of my songs, especially as a teenager, were really dark. Right. And people would be like, you seem like such a happy person. Why are all your songs about killing yourself? And it's like, Uh I don't know. That's just where I get the demons out, you know. And so now maybe they're just hanging out inside and manifesting into panic attacks. So I should probably figure out how to write. For real. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because, like, I can totally relate to that. It's, we talk about anxiety on the show all uh, the dude. time and depression on the show all the time. Because it's just such a real part of my life. I mean, and, and that's what I'm interested in, really, is, like, how people deal with it. So for you, are there any other things you do? Writing clearly is therapy. Yes. Singing is clearly therapy. Yes. Are there other things that you can do when that's not maybe uh, available to you or things you have done? So I've tried hypnotherapy, which Mm. was extremely helpful for a lot of different things. For anxiety, I reached like this point where I just couldn't, it it wasn't helping me like I needed it to. Mm. Like I've struggled with eating disorders and things like that in the past, which if you're struggling with that, hypnotherapy is like the most awesome type of therapy because you just get right down into the root and like pull it up and like rewire your neuro pathways and I I strongly recommend that for a ton of stuff but as far as anxiety I actually just started talk therapy for the first time Mm -hmm. and it's super uncomfortable I hate it like Mm. I I 
I start sweating before I go and I get really nervous and I feel sick and it's not fun, but I put in the work and it's, it's helped so much Mm -hmm. because it just gives you tools and different ways to think about what's going on with you and you don't feel so isolated. Cause for me, I don't know about you, but it's like you hear a lot of people have anxiety and panic attacks, but when I'm having it, I feel like I'm the only one. Yep. And I feel like I'm just like, I just want to come out of my skin and disappear. Right. And also what you're experiencing is different from what I'll experience. Mm -hmm. Your anxiety is going to manifest in a different way. Sometimes mine's fucking flu-like symptoms. Yeah. I get sick. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's not really that I'm sick. It's that I have the symptoms as if I'm sick. That's so interesting. Yeah. Like I'll feel as though I have the fucking flu. Yeah. And I don't. I'm just anxious (laughs) you know yeah I was just talking about this the other day because it's not it's also not what it's not is I'm not a nervous person I'm not a I'm actually pretty laid back that's not how anxiety manifests for me it's it's if I'm not doing the work like you're talking about Mm -hmm. then it festers right and then it comes out in either a panic attack or like I said some other kind of symptom like a flu-like symptom yeah interesting I totally believe in that how it can manifest itself into like a physical thing especially if you're more on the um empath side of of personalities which i definitely am which is like a songwriter 101 right yeah (laughs) yeah so we feel so for those of you who are like what's that it's we feel like everything and for me i know that came from growing up in a home where my parents are amazing Awesome. But they drink and they and mm. they they were, um, you know, they're drunk for most of my childhood. And so uh. as a kid growing up in that, you stop listening and learning from what they're telling you because that doesn't add up and you start watching their body language. Yeah. So I just became really sensitive to like feeling like, you know, energy and like because my mom would say like, hey, I'm good. But like she was crying. And it, as you, when your brain's forming, that's really confusing. Right. Sorry not to get all dark, but, um, but I think that's where I started, you know, developing all these, like this, this ability to feel and, and, and sometimes I wish I didn't have it because Mm. like you said, you get anxious and you, and you throw up or you wet your pants or it's, I mean, seriously, it's like, it's horrible. Yeah. And it's just cause you're anxious and it's, it's insane. Or it, and it can, if you're not doing the work regularly, it can show up in, in say your songwriting or whatever it is that your Mm -hmm. work is. Right. Cause if that anxiety isn't dealt with. It can get in the way of the things that are important for you. You know, yeah. it's, it's great that you're that you're doing the therapy, you know, and doing the work. Yeah, I've yeah, I, I've just found somebody and um, she's really great. She specializes in like younger women. So mm. she's just works with people my age all the time and helps with like boundaries and which is great, which is great for anxiety is the boundaries thing, because I mm. feel like I've always just been like a people pleaser trying to like make the situation good for everybody else and kind of neglecting yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so she's teaching me how to, she's like, yo, like if you take care of yourself, like that doesn't mean you're being mean to other people. Like, right. <laughs> so I, I'm slowly but surely learning that. And it's been really helpful with touring. Like good. I've been touring heavily for about four years in my okay. first year was hell. It did yeah. manifest in like a crazy sickness because yeah. I was trying to, make sure all my bandmates liked me everyone was happy and it's Mm. like when you're in that close of quarters with humans for that long like in a van in the same hotel in the on stage like in the van 
um, people are going to like not be happy sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's not my responsibility to make them smile. I just got to take care of myself, you know? So that's great. Learning that has made touring way more manageable for me. What an incredible lesson to learn. And <laughs> is that something you have to work on or are you, are you aware of that now? So yeah. I think that the first or one of the first steps probably is being aware and yeah. I am aware. So now when I'm like, Oh, you know, this person in my band, like, just looked at me weird like did I do something wrong or like what did I I'm just like whoa 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 whoa. this like it has nothing to do with me if they have like a negative energy or they're in a bad mood like it doesn't have to do with me and also if it does then it's their responsibility to tell me I did something that bothered them and if they don't then I'm just gonna go about my day as if I didn't do anything wrong because my intentions are right you know yeah so it's a hard lesson it's hard and I feel like when I'm in therapy, when I'm home, when I got a routine down, when I'm exercising and eating right, like I'm really good at this. Mm-hmm. When I'm on tour and I'm sick and I haven't eaten and I haven't slept um, and I haven't showered, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden these things that I thought I've mastered and dealt with definitely just come right on back right. in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm people are listening to this going yeah dude talks about that all the time <laughs> and like that is <laughs> I, I always say if i'm exercising if i'm eating well and i'm riding every day right yeah i'm fine i'm good you right? know of course there's gonna be moments but yeah. if i do those things regularly then i'm doing the maintenance on myself and going to therapy i did i mean i went last night right um, so I had i'm so jealous i think i'm gonna do a skype session i've never done it before mm-hmm. but i'm kind of feeling like i need it I'm going to yeah. call my therapist and be like, hey, can we do this? That's awesome. <laughs> it's good that you recognize that and you're going to make that effort. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Did grow, you mentioned drinking in the home uh, as, as a kid. How, did that have any impact on your relationship with substances as you've grown older? I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. I, you know, people will say, if your parents are alcoholics, then you probably have, like, some people think it's genetic. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely drank a lot when I was a teenager just because mm. I was so socially awkward and I didn't have, like, the ability to make friends. So I, I would just follow my brother around, who was mm. super social, but he was older. So when I was 14, 15... You know, to socialize, I would follow my brother around and we'd usually, you know, we grew up in a small town. So that usually entailed us like we we would have somebody buy us like an 18 pack and we'd all go to the train tracks and we'd drink, you know, natty ice. Right. Ours (laughs) is in the woods. but Yeah. Yeah. So that and I would just not have to talk and I drink so I didn't feel weird. And I, you know, I was never insane. I mean, I'd have a couple beers and be drunk. I've always been a lightweight. And then. After I went to college when I was 20, we can go back into this later if you want, but I got in in an accident um, and I injured my, or I broke my back. And so after I healed from that, I became really healthy for the first time. Well, just really aware of it all. Mm -hmm. I, I knew what it was like to be broken and to not be able to walk or move or do any of that so once I was healed I was like I'm gonna work out I'm gonna eat right I'm gonna like I'm gonna do all these things that are gonna make me feel better you know yeah um and so I've been really into all that ever ever since and it's it's hard on tour but I figure it out how has that impacted your creative process 
I've found that when I'm exercising, like I like to run. So right. when I'm running every day or if I go on a really long run, it clears everything out. So yeah. it, it gives me like this blank page to write on. Right. Um, if I'm not exercising and I just have like that stagnant energy inside, uh-huh. it's harder for me to to write. Because yeah. it's like, oh, but I got to do this. Or, oh, like I have more voices in my head telling me not to write or that my writing isn't good. When I'm flowing and like feeling good, like it just, I can write all day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's interesting, mean. huh? Yeah. I a hundred percent know what you mean. Um, I just ran a marathon, my very first marathon. Yay. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. And um, that during that time, I had very little time to actually write, but... I was more productive mm-hmm. during that time. I was more prolific during that time, I should say. Yeah. Because I was feeling so damn good. I mean, my body was killing me all the time, but <laughs> emotionally and mentally. Yeah. I was, also, I was the thing about running that I love is it purges a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so much that comes up, either both on the run and then also afterward. Um, by the end of that of that uh, 26.2, I was in tears. Just like I, I cried for probably... 20 minutes after I crossed the finish line. That's so rad. No idea, like, why. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't exactly explain hmm. that to you. Yeah. It just, was just this purging of some shit. And then I uh, had about a day or two where I was kind of off and couldn't figure things out. And then I felt great. Um, all right. So we don't have much time. So I just want to uh, thank you so much for all of this. Oh, yeah. It's been of amazing. Course. We always end or we usually end with um, with what you're consuming at the moment. Like what uh, art has you inspired music or books or a film or maybe even a painting you saw? Well, I really like your hat. Driving and crying. Yeah, yeah, I love that band. Yeah. Seriously, I that was the first cover song I ever learned was uh, "Straight to Hell." Dope. Yeah, so I used to play that when I do like little cafes and stuff before That's I awesome. started playing bigger shows. Yeah, That's love funny. them. funny. I almost mentioned Kevin Kenny earlier. Kevin's been on my show. Oh, um, awesome. Kevin from Driving and Crying, and then I've had Sadler Vaden, uh, former guitar player for Driving and Crying on the show so i'm working my way through the band <laughs> that's so rad well that's tell awesome. them i'm a big huge fan that is so cool yeah they're so good yeah. so that's awesome that's awesome um yeah i love driving and crying man i feel like we just started talking we'll have to I do know. this again i know sometime. I'm bummed that we'd have yeah there's so i feel like we have a lot to talk about fun um well i I've found myself sitting in silence a lot. Um. And it might be because I'm traveling a lot. Like we do like anywhere from like four to 12 hours a day in the van. So it's like I'm traveling a lot. Whoever's driving gets to pick the music or the Mm -hmm. podcast or whatever. So I'm usually just like listening to whatever the guys are listening to. And if I'm not, usually just trying to find silence and I don't know what that means because I'm usually always listening to music but I've had the opportunity to be listening to music and I usually just at least this last month I've just been I've been more in silence however that said I actually am really into this book I just finished um 
and I'm, I'm going to forget the name. It was really weird. At first I was like, this is weird. I want to put this down, but I kept reading. Um, actually I kept listening cause it was audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, um, the power, what it was really cool. It's like the teachings of Abraham. Oh. I can't think of the name. Huh. I can't think of the name. What is it? It's, um, it it was like essentially like this collective consciousness, like talking through this woman and um, it was just really interesting. And it like gave me, gave me goosebumps the whole time. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, the power of attraction. I think it was called. I don't know, but I really Sorry, want guys. you to remember. It was really I'm cool. Really curious. I could find it on my phone really quick. Oh my gosh. I, I wish we had another hour. Damn it. I know. Um, um, yeah. It w- I, I was like, I thought it was weird at first. I also grew up, um, you know, like going to church and yeah, stuff. That's what and I wanted to ask you. I'm yeah. on a spiritual journey right now, <laughs> so that's all I want to talk about right now. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm on my own spiritual journey. I, I grew up in church, and so I was really, you know, taught, you know, just God and to yeah. question it. And right, right. Um, I've been exploring lately. And so when I first listened to this, I was like my old like patterns was like, no, this isn't, you know, this is a little out there, like, don't listen to it. But then I was like, Jade, <laughs> dude, like, you're listening to this Hell for yeah. a reason. It's called The Law of Attraction, The Basics okay. of the Teachings of Abraham by Esther and Jerry Hicks. Amazing. I love awesome. that. I I love all that spiritual stuff. Yeah. Like, I just light up when I when I read that stuff or hear, talk about it or... That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to make my way back into figuring out... My therapist put me on a spiritual Yay. journey, right? Because we talked about how growing up in the Baptist church, like I did, how it was like you were going to heaven and for eternity and there would be streets paved with gold or you were burning in hell in eternity. And so both confusing. Of those, it's so fucking <laughs> terrifying. Either one sounds terrifying yeah. to me, right? So I started looking into the Baha'i faith because I heard Rain Wilson, the actor, on a podcast. And I read his biography. And so, and it's all about love and, you know, all these things that I'm like, well, I can get down with that, right? Yeah. Like God yeah. is love and those kind of concepts. So, yeah. Maybe we should do a whole nother one one of these days where we just talk faith and yeah. spirituality. No, for sure. I know. And when I started exploring, I remember my mom was just like, you are you like turning your back on God? And I'm like, no, like Uh, I feel closer to God than I ever have by questioning and exploring and reading a bunch of stuff. And like the God that I feel that I know does love everybody. And, and when you talk about, you know, anything else, like what you're saying, like here's the one way or here's another way. And it just, it's, I couldn't, I don't know, man. I'm just, I I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever figure it out, but Mm. there's some great content out there and some great stuff that essentially if it's, you know, if it's following the golden rule, like treat others how you want to be treated, like it's good. Like read it, you know? Right. I don't know. (laughs) It's perfect. I don't know. It's a perfect way to end it. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll talk again. I can't wait. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. I take a long way take a long way home after all you put me through love is just a liar by another name lust is just a fire i've been trying jade jackson everyone thank you so much jade thank you all for listening go to jadejackson.com to follow all things Jade and get a physical copy of her records, uh, you won't be disappointed. If you're not familiar with her stuff, now is the time to dive deep. 
Y'all give the marinade a follow on social media. Subscribe on your podcast app. Uh, tell a friend about the show. Those are all free things you can do to support us. If you really like what we're doing and you want to engage more deeply, uh, please consider joining our Patreon community. For just a few bucks a month, you can get access to our Patreon-exclusive show Jason's Journey where I talk about the moments that have shaped my creative life and we connect more deeply with behind the scenes stories about the show. I actually just sent a bunch of stickers and buttons to uh, to all our Patreon patrons just yesterday. Um, so those little things plus we just kind of it's a little it's a nice community where we can uh, we can kind of connect more deeply about the show and um, and I answer questions about my own process and about um, about the, the things that happen with the show over there on Patreon. So if you can swing it, that'd be great. I understand right now, especially things are kind of tough for folks. So um, I'm not expecting anything by any means. Speaking of which, it's time for what I'm getting down on. The segment of the show where I talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment. To say that these are strange times uh, would be an enormous understatement. We're on day seven here in Orlando of self-quarantine due to the COVID-19 coronavirus. You know, it's a weird time, um, and there's a lot of fear and concern in the world, lots of anxiety. But, you know, I've been trying to focus as much as possible on the silver linings, um, and, I, and I really need to for my own health. So one of the things that has been fun um, in this whole experience is that my partner Chris and I have been playing Scrabble just about every night. Um, and it's the kind of thing that, like, you know, we both really enjoy doing. We just don't necessarily do when we have other options. Um, so we've, I feel like we've been connecting, not just playing Scrabble, but just in general spending more time together as a result. Um, we've also been trying to keep it as light as we can, can around the house, so listening to a lot of comedy revisiting Mitch Hedberg the other night and um the I we just put on like a, a Pandora station of Mitch Hedberg and there were so many great comedians that popped up and it was just a, it was really fun to have a silly night like that um and I think the other thing that's been really cool is to see how people are banding together to help um, musicians and artists. Everybody's doing the best they can. I'm not spending any money, right? It's like I'm not going out anywhere. Um, I'm one of the fortunate folks who still has a paycheck at the moment. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be prudent, but I'm also trying to, to do what I can to help folks out. You know, uh, Bandcamp had an amazing uh, day where they gave all the fees to they waived all the fees and, and gave the proceeds to uh, to artists. So I got Micah Schnabel's Teenage Years of the 21st Century. Um, been trying to to as much as I can send tips to folks on on Venmo. You know, people have been doing live streams. People put a whole put on whole concerts. <laughs> you can just watch. I mean, Amanda Shires has been doing something she calls ISO lounging. It's Jason Isbell's just playing there with her singing. Um, she's playing her songs. It just so many great things. Corey Brandon did a guitar lesson yesterday. I'm recording this on a Sunday. And another good friend of the show, G Love, has been doing lessons where he teaches his whole new record, The Juice. So there's been some silver linings, y'all. Like, how cool is that that we have access to that kind of thing? And I wonder how this whole thing might change um, performances in general. Like people have been doing these stage it shows and 
Uh, it used to be concert window shows, uh, and I, you know, have I guess for whatever reason I was always kind of hesitant because there there is no uh, substitute for the live music experience, the true in person live music experience. But uh, I watched B.J. Barham's show the other night, and um, he played "Burn, Flicker, Die" the whole record, American Aquarium record, and the sound was kind of messed up, but it was still it just still felt like. There was a sense of community. You know, it felt like we were all in this together and we were all doing what we could do to support. So I think there have been some silver linings, you know, and, and then on a personal level, not really necessarily related to what I'm getting down on, but I'm just noticing habits of mine um, that I can work on. I'm noticing things like things around the house that I've neglected that aren't in my face all the time, but now that I'm here constantly, I'm realizing like, well, wait a minute, I really enjoy working in my yard and I don't do it that often. I've been trimming trees around the yard. It's really zen-like for me. Um, it, it feels good to to go through that process. Uh, and it's something that like, I guess just because it's there and I could do it whenever, um, I, I think I tend to put off. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense or if that's a good example of what I'm trying to say, but I'm just noticing little things that I can do better in my life, um, that I'm not putting pressure on myself to do right now. That's not what I mean. I just mean that I've been motivated because what else are you going to do? You're going to sit and freak out about your existence. You're going to get some stuff done. (laughs) I've been trying to choose the latter as much as possible. Y'all please stay safe. Um, I, I know that, that marinade fans are typically folks who take care of each other and who take care of themselves. And so please, please make sure you're doing that. Um, we love y'all and appreciate you so much until next time, go out and create something. Cheers y'all.